And now, proper propaganda. If you're just tuning in to Civic Cipher, I am your host, Ramses Ja. We are still working on my name. We don't, we'll, I, I'll let you guys know. I'm still working on it. Well, it, from me, I'm joined by q the one and only. And uh, be sure to stick around because we got a lot more to talk about. Uh, we're still going to talk about how melanin is a threat somehow. And, uh, of course, we're going to uh, get into our way black history fact uh about the African Dodger game that was, and still a variation is found at carnivals. Um, It's pretty interesting and pretty sad and barbaric as many of our way black history facts are. But first let's discuss how to become a better ally. So one of the things, normally I have these things a little bit more fleshed out for you, our listener, but Today, we're going to keep it simple. Q and I, we do a lot of uh, show prep for the show. We take 20 to 30% of the happenings that come our way in a given week, and we try to make a program out of it and try to fit as much into it as we can. Um, There's one person that has come up very consistently, and we can't share all of his brilliant thoughts and his brilliant takes on some of the goings on in the United States with respect to black people and other social issues. Um, So I implore you to check out his TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. It's at Tizzy E-N-T. That's T-I-Z-Z-Y-E-N-T. The guy's name is Michael. He seems like a middle-aged white man, um, which is a perspective that we feel is necessary for us to have a conversation you know to to have a conversation um he obviously views life through that lens but also it seems to be a very fair man it's hard to pin whether or not he's a conservative or a liberal in his beliefs but he does seem to be very measured and his his thoughts are very well fleshed out Uh, most recently he had a video about uh why you can't be proud of being white um and, and he explains it brilliantly. It's not that you can't be proud to be Scottish or Irish or any of that sort of stuff, but white is a color and black is a color as well, but black because of slavery, it's not like many black people know exactly where in Africa they hail from. And so black as a term is not necessarily the opposite of white. And then he talks about the roots of, you know, white power versus black power and and so forth and really makes an interesting case for it so once again follow at tizzy ent on tiktok instagram or twitter get some additional perspective in your life and become a better ally um and of course we share a lot of his stuff as well so follow us on on our social media at civic cipher if you can't remember at tizzy ent now (sighs) q is melanin a threat Yes. I won't even elaborate. I won't even expound. Yes, clearly and absolutely, according to our country, tis of thee.
Hannibal Burris. Um, I watch a lot of stand-up. Hannibal Burris has uh, a stand-up where he tells a story about jaywalking in Canada and the police tried to make a big deal out of it. And he's like, what do you mean? What, do you want me to give you some money or something? Like, and then he says something I'll never forget. He says, jaywalking is a fantasy crime. And I thought that was the funniest thing in the world. But I wanted to start this segment off with that quote, jaywalking is a fantasy crime from Hannibal Burris. Um, I'm going to read this headline to you. And obviously there's a little bit more of a story here, but I just want to read the, the headline and let that sit for a minute. Uh, this is from the Grio. Okay. DA clears deputy who killed black man after suspected jaywalking. Orange County prosecutors ruled that Deputy Eduardo Duran was justified in his shooting of a homeless black man. That is the headline. That's heavy, right? Now, a lot of people are going to say, well, what did he do? There's the, the justice system works most of the time. So how in the world did this officer get cleared if you know, uh, the, the homeless man did nothing wrong if it was only jaywalking. Well, we'll get into that. But the point I want to make now and then once we get into it is that jaywalking is a fantasy crime. But is it a fantasy crime if you have melanin in your body, in your skin, right? I got a few points to make here, so hear me out. All right, so uh, I'll read and give you the, the nuance in the, in the context here because I don't want to be unfair to police the humans. The system needs reform. But I don't want to be unfair to the human beings um, because I don't want those human beings to be unfair to me or to my children or to my friends or my family. So here we go. Um, an Orange County sheriff who fatally shot an unarmed homeless black man in 2020 will not be facing criminal charges according to the district attorney's office. In dash cam footage released to the public, deputies Eduardo Duran and Jonathan Israel are seen following 42-year-old Kurt Andreas Reinhold, who is now deceased, um, in their police cruiser before stopping him on suspicion of jaywalking in a San Clemente neighborhood. Now, I want to stop there for a second because uh, that suspecting, suspected jaywalking is a lot of us who have that melanin, we call that harassment. We call that being black and nearby. Um, black and nearby, that's the phrase. I was just black and nearby and the police hit me up, right? Um, or the police were ha harassing me, they were bothering me, right? That's a fantasy, I didn't do it, the, 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 the world will still turn. You know, I've caused no harm to you. And I get that, you, you know, they have to enforce the laws. But how does someone end up dead? OK, jump in, Q. They couldn't even trump up the suspicion. Crazy, right? Y'all couldn't stop him. Like y'all have, don't the police have scanners where there's like all the crimes that are happening are like being said out loud? Sure. You couldn't stop him on suspicion of something. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Like the life doesn't even have enough worth for them to feel like we would have had to had stopped him for something more. No, no, he's black. We stopped him on suspicion of jaywalking. Sure. 
And and I, I if I had we didn't to stop him for J- are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we didn't yeah. stop him for jaywalking. We stopped him because he might be somebody that jaywalked. <laughs> what? <laughs> so um I suspect that maybe him being homeless in a nicer neighborhood. I don't know how nice the neighborhood was, but, you know, sometimes this happens, you know, uh, our unsheltered brothers and sisters, a lot of times get picked on, not just by police, but by a lot of different people. It's it's very unfortunate, but um, certainly if you're a homeless person in a nicer part of town, you know, uh, city ordinances and police chiefs and, you know, all this sort of stuff, they want to quote unquote, clean that up. So uh, a lot of times homeless people as they're traveling. Suspected trespassing, suspected jaywalking. jaywalking. Right, right. But I'm, I'm painting the picture here. This is, this is a thing that is possible, right? So instead of dealing with the root of homelessness, instead of dealing with mental health, it's like, you know, we need more police. There's a lot of homeless people in this neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? It's such a backwards way of looking at it. Like, well, we should probably get a place for these homeless folks to go and get the resources they need. No, let's get more police, you know, and give them guns. See what happens, right? So anyway, because um, now, 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 one thing I didn't the mention. way capitalism works. Oh man, we've we've talked about these that. People are homeless, and it's their fault. It's the way capitalism works. Isn't that weird? They would just get off their butts and go to get a job, then they wouldn't be homeless, and we wouldn't have to give them a place to live and resources. You know, for people that think that. Um, you, you might be listening to our voices today. You might really think that homeless people should just get a job and, and you know, pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. Um, on this show, Q&I, we founded a nonprofit and we feed homeless people every month. And we have a partnership with the, uh, the shelter in our city. And we go and we use these hands and we make food and we feed homeless our homeless brothers and sisters, and we provide hygiene kits and we hear their stories and we've heard them for 10 years now, right? So you can't say that to us because we know that it's not so easy. It's not, there's crazy stories and everyone is unique. And then of course there's drugs and there's, you know, but there's problems. And what you see is that there's a, a whole society that has given up on these human beings and we do our best to kind of continue to see the humanity and to understand that, you know, it, you're never too far away from your lowest point, And that shouldn't define you as a human being. Anyway, so uh, one thing I didn't mention is that a lot of times the police want to clean up the riffraff, quote unquote, in nice neighborhoods. So get the homeless folks out. So they'll pull them over or pull up on them for whatever reason. But if you're black. Perhaps that melanin in your skin makes you look a little bit more sinister, a little bit more criminal. And perhaps they feel like they should probably take more aggressive action if you're black. It's a speculation, but I'm in a position to do it because I have a few examples here. And these examples go back all the way to the beginning of this country. So um, I'll continue. Uh, This police duo then proceeded to detain Reinhold at one point, wrestling him to the ground. Before, Before Reinhold, they said grabbed Israel's gun holster, prompting Duran to fire two shots at him. The two officers are part of the department's homeless outreach liaison. So a few things here. Those those officers are supposed to work with the homeless people, right? 
Um, I guess the guy was walking away and kind of ignoring their commands. <laughs> um, and uh, they ended up, you know, wrestling him, tackling him. And um, I'm just going to offer the benefit of the doubt to the deceased. If you have two um, trained men on you and you're afraid and the full weight of their body is pressing you into the pavement and you're flailing about trying to find some sort of, I don't know, position to where you can breathe or not break a limb or something, break a bone. Um, and, you know, your hand ends up near an officer's hip. You know, uh, I just, I, it's hard for me to imagine a person underneath the weight of two adult men thinking, oh, the gun is right here. I'm going to grab the gun, unholster it, cock it, aim it and shoot it and be successful in getting both of these officers off of me. You know, to me, it's just kind of a habit. It just happens to be like I'm grabbing a shoe or a shoulder or whatever, trying to, hey, you guys are on me and I, I, I cannot continue to breathe if this is happening and I'm panicking, right? This is just me and I'm, granted, I'm speculating, but if other shows can do that, then so can we. And this man had a life and it's not, he doesn't have that life anymore. And he was black and, and right now we have to be his voice. And so um, that is a possibility in the same way that, you know, he could have grabbed my gun and tried to harm me, right? But the point that I was making initially was that he was jaywalking. Ramses, if you're, as I'm trying to formulate this question, it sounds crazy to say, because I feel like the answer should be the same on either side of it. If I didn't commit a crime and cops jump me, beat me up and shoot me, is that illegal? And it sounds silly that I put a question mark <laughs> into that because it should be obvious, but I'm actually not sure now. Uh, I, I, I would imagine it's illegal. Yes. But if I'm just being be a treated, citizen, if it would be treated as though it's illegal, I don't know. So, I mean, if I'm I, just being a citizen, they jump me, beat me up and shoot me. That's illegal. I'm guessing unless I'm black and they say we think he may have jaywalked. Oh, listen, listen. Remember, I sound ridiculous. I told the story before about how they hurt me and my cousin when they pulled us out of the car because they thought that we fit the description of suspicious characters. And then they just took the handcuffs off and let me go to school. Right. So that happened to me. I was so bleeding they, and everything. Can they always just insert some? We thought he was bad because he's black thing. And then it just that changes it. Because the reason why I asked that because we're given the benefit of the doubt that he wasn't reaching for the gun. But if two men just jump you and there's a gun, why wouldn't you reach for it? Right. That's, a good, just, that's a good, if point. he's justified for shooting you because he thought you might shoot him, then why wouldn't the same be true for you? That's a great point. That's the thing I'm trying to figure out. Like, I don't like, I don't know how that works because it sounds to me like the police can just murder people because they feel like it. And then that's it. And you're not allowed to defend yourself. So all you can do is just be murdered. <laughs> if you defend yourself, that makes you the criminal. Even if before the interaction started, you've done nothing. 
If they I approach think- you and harm you, you have to just be harmed or killed. And if you try to defend yourself, that in and of itself is criminal, especially if you're black. Is that how this works? Because I saw a white guy hit a cop with a truck and then the cop just pointed his finger sternly at him and did nothing. So I'm just wondering how this law thing works if you're black and you live here. That's a, that's or, a is brilliant, it, or is brilliant it just brilliant. go back to your country? Like, how does this work? People that are listening, that are hearing me get more angry as I talk about this man, it was hard to not curse right there. Like, as are our options be bullied, beat up and murdered and shut up about it or die. And that's it because we're black. The nature of us resisting being beat up and murdered is criminal because we're black. We can't just be citizens and exist, right? If the police decide today, I feel like messing with you. I feel like violating and disrespecting you. And because I feel like it and because you're black, you kind of have to take it until I'm tired of doing it to you, right? I'm going to deny you your, your civility, your dignity, and your self-respect. I'm going to treat you like crap. And I need you to take it. I need you to shut up. Don't move, even if you can't breathe or it feels like I'm crushing you until I don't feel like messing with you anymore. And because you're Black, you just have to take it, even if you did nothing at all. And if you defend yourself, I'll say you did something. And by nature, that's criminal and justifies everything I did to harm you. You know what, Q? Let me, let me offer this, because I think that this is, some, this is another point, um, or it helps illustrate your point. It is... In this country, we have the right to bear arms. It's, it's in the Bill of Rights. Um, it's a Second Amendment um, that we are allowed as citizens of this country to have guns. Now, if you have melanin and you have a gun, the image in your mind, if you're listening, the image in your mind might have shifted a bit. You know, because if, if you're a patriot and you have a gun, it's like, well, that's his right, America. But if you're black and you have a gun, well, what was he doing with a gun? Obviously, the police couldn't shouldn't shoot him if he had a gun, you know, or they should shoot him if he had a gun. He was a black man with a gun. I mean, the cops need to worry about themselves. Let me paint this picture. We didn't get to talk about this yet, but um, this is from CNN. Body camera video shows Minneapolis Minneapolis officers shooting black man during no knock warrant. Attorneys say he wasn't the target. Uh, sorry, it took us so long to get to the story, but a lot of stuff to talk about. In the early morning hours of Wednesday, February 2nd, Minneapolis police officers gently placed a key in a city apartment door before bursting through the doorway, yelling police search warrant. In the seconds that followed, a black man named Amir Locke, apparently asleep and shown to be holding a gun upon awakening, was shot and killed. The shooting by an officer on the SWAT team in a city that came to represent ground zero for the police reform movement raised questions from Locke's family and others about the city's warrant policy. In total, the city released 14 seconds of real-time video. Um, so what we have there is Amir Locke. Finally, we're talking about him. Um, this is a weekly show, so we can only do stuff. It's, it's, it's tough to stay on top of everything. But Amir Locke, he was in his apartment. Um, he wasn't on the search warrant, wasn't named, or was in an apartment. I'm not sure if it was his. People are banging on the door, kicking in the door. And you, if you don't see these people... The bad guys could kick in your door and say police, you know, if, if all I know is if somebody's kicking on banging on your door or, or yelling and as they move into your house or whatever the case is, because um, I guess they weren't banging on the door as a no knock. But, you know, they're in the house and yelling. Um, that's enough to scare you. And if you're afraid, you might grab your gun. And because uh, we know that it's you have the right to bear arms in this country. 
that he had done nothing criminal at that point. And my understanding is that if you point the weapon at someone, uh, that can be interpreted as, you know, uh, a willingness to, to kill. You know, it's a gun. It's a business end of a murder weapon, right? But if you have it sort of hanging in the general vicinity of where someone might be standing who is not you, you know, then at what point was this man denied his right to bear arms, you know, and, and was he shot because he was black? Because if this had been a white person standing in the, in the door of his house holding a gun, sir, we don't need you to put that weapon on the ground. You know, what, you know, people just, I, I don't think police panic, at least I, that hasn't been my um, interpretation of the videos that I've seen. And of course my real lived experience and you and I have a few stories that we can tell because we were both there at the same time. Let me get this last one in. And then the last word goes to you, Q. Um, this last one, complex magazine investigation underway over race, racial bias as video shows police handcuffing black teen following fight at mall. A fight between two, two teenagers at a New Jersey mall is being investigated. Footage of the incident appears to show that police uh, who handled the situation treated the teens differently based on their race. CBS New York reports the children got into a scuffle at the Bridgewater Commons Mall. When officers arrived, the black teen was aggressively handcuffed on the ground, while the other teen, who by different reputable outlets had been called white, Latino, and white passing Latino, remained untouched and was seen sitting on a couch. The clip shows officers kneeling on the back of a 14-year-old Kai for almost 30 seconds as they cuff him. Quote, if they don't know how to treat the situation and deal with the situation equally and fairly, then they shouldn't be able to deal with the situation at all, Kai told the news outlet. He added, quote, I was confused, like why they saw me as a bad person, like me as an aggressor, explaining he got into a fight because the other boy was tormenting Kai's friend. Now, two people fighting, two uh, teenagers fighting, um, and it's just a scuffle. No one's like hurt, hurt, you know, police run, run over, separate the two. Right. And then both <laughs> pin the black child down, handcuff him while the white kid sits on the couch. And it's on video. You can watch it yourself. And now there's this whole thing. So to me, that's another example of how melanin has, you know, played a role, how melanin is the threat. You know, they're responding to the, this, the, the white kid was just as culpable, just as guilty. There were two people fighting. It wasn't, no one got jumped, you know, and, and by his account, Kai was standing up for one of his friends. So got about 30 seconds left. What do you think, Q? If the idea was that those officers were there to serve and protect then everything they did would have been the exact opposite. The white kid was much bigger than the black kid. Sure. Right? So he would have been the perceived threat in this one-on-one -on -one altercation between these kids. They would have made sure the little kid was okay and that the big kid was held down and arrested. Except the little kid was black. And he was wrestled to the ground, face down, and arrested with both of those cops on his back while the big bully kid sat and watched him and then stood up over him. It's like they made sure the white kid was okay and then made sure the black kid was in cuffs in that order. It's disgusting. And we don't have to ask why because it isn't speculation, Rams. We have too much evidence for that. 
We all went to science class. There's a control group here. Well, we did the research. We did the experiment. We have the results. Our hypothesis had been proven true for hundreds of years now. That kid's skin was darker, so he was clearly the problem. <laughs> and I think that's the point we were trying to make there. So um, I appreciate those, those final thoughts. Now, it's time for the Way Black History Fact. Um, today's Way Black History Fact comes from Ferris State University. You can check it out on the website, ferris.edu. Starts with a question. Somebody told me that whites used to pay to throw balls at blacks at the circus. Is this true? The question comes from Stephanie S. in Columbia, Missouri. The answer, at the end, 30 feet or so from the counter that closed the entrance, a grinning Negro face bobbed and grimaced through a hole in the back curtain, painted to represent a jungle river. The Negro's head game, sorry, the Negro's head came right out of the spread. Oh, this is written funny. Okay, came right out of the spread terrific jaws of a crocodile. Hit the N-word in the head, get a good 10 cent cigar. The Barker said, three balls for a dime, folks. Try your skills and accuracy. Hit the N-word baby on the head. Get a handsome cane and pin it. Um, sorry, that was written kind of in old timey language, so I couldn't quite make out what it was trying to say. But I'll continue. This was a common chant at numerous carnivals, fairs and circuses across the United States throughout the late 19th century until the mid 1940s as Americans took part in one of their favorite pastimes, African Dodger. The African Dodger, also known as Hit the N-Word Baby or Hit the Coon, was as commonplace in local fairs, carnivals, and circuses as Ferris wheels and roller coasters are today. The purpose of the game was to hit the target with a ball with one of your three throws and win a prize. It sounds like a common carnival target game, but there was one unsettling part of the game. Namely, the game's target was a real live human being, a Negro human being. In St. Louis in 1913, it was reported that carnival organizers were unable for hours today to secure an African Dodger who would allow baseballs to be thrown at his cranium at the usual rate of three for five cents. The reason was that future Hall of Fame fastball pitcher Walter Dodger, sorry, Walter Johnson was rumored to be at the fair. Um, the game was so popular nationwide that newspapers mentioned the African Dodger game along with trained animals, illusionists, penny arcades, merry-go-rounds, and magic shows in the list of carnival attractions. Dodgers made headlines when they were seriously and horrifically injured, otherwise they were nameless victims. In 1904 in New York, the Meridian Daily Journal reported how a Dodger was smashed in the nose by a professional baseball player. The journal reported that Albert Johnson dodged 50 or 60 cents worth of balls thrown by Cannonball Gillen of the Clifton Athletic Club. Finally, Johnson exposed his head and face a little farther than usual and was caught by a curved ball that left him unconscious. The article, which was written as a play-by-play -play commentary of the incident, concluded with the report that it, quote, will probably be necessary to amputate the nose in order to save Johnson's life. But this was not the only report of serious injuries, injuries to the Dodger. There were numerous reports of such incidents, for example, at the Sheridan Methodist Protestant Church Street Fair in Pittsburgh, John Jones failed to dodge and was hit squarely in the eye. In Ohio, Grady Williams was struck in the eye by a stone by someone who stood to one side and threw a stone at the Negro. 
at an Elks Lodge Jubilee in Washington, D.C., just 17 miles from the White House, the, quote, visiting Elks were royally entertained as inward babies were hit with baseballs until they were unable to maintain their upright position, end quote. Um, the African Dodger game was widespread in American society in every part of the country. If you could not make it to the fair, you could purchase for 69 cents an African Dodger table game, which featured a caricature of black face poking through a canvas reading, hit the Dodger, knock him out. Every time you hit Sambo, the bell rings. But how could this all be? How could such a barbaric practice be such an integral part of a, quote, civilized society? How could Americans justify this practice? Were there any objections? One response to objections to the brutality of the African Dodger game was to summon authorities to provide scientific, quote unquote, findings on the topic. A short article in the Wayne County Democrat cited uh, authorities on anthropology. That's also in quotes, who state that the Negro has a very heavy and massive cranium constituting a bony arch of great resisting power. One scientist refer to the common habit of Negroes of both sexes in budding like rams. Of course, while I'm reading this, you know this isn't true. This is bogus science that people use to help justify slavery and all kinds of gross atrocities that people did to black people back then, like saying black people don't feel pain and all kinds of weird stuff. This is bogus, but I'll continue reading. Um, indicates that a Negro's head bones have defensive strength unknown in the Caucasian race. The newspaper assures its readers that the Dodger doesn't mind. He seems cheerful about it. The players of the game, the ones who throw the ball, are just men with a man's desire to display his powers, particularly in front of women friends. The article finally concludes that until there's evidence that shows fractured skulls or brain con contusions, or until the Dodger takes issue himself, the game will continue. A final warning is provided to the Dodger who may be considering a new line of work that, quote, he might regret to lose a daily wage that comes with less effort than manual labor. Last little bit here. In 1911, some carnivals ushered in a new game for the, quote, progressive era. Uh, called the African Dip, the precursor to the dunk tank. So now if you ever play with a dunk tank, you know the origins. All right, I'll continue. The game was arranged that every time a baseball hits a target, uh, a colored man seated upon a bar is thrown into a large pool of water. It is said to be lots of fun. Um, this new game didn't entirely replace the African Dodger. Versions of the original African Dodger were found still found in the 1950s. Some carnivals and fairs decided to use targets that resembled African-Americans instead of using real people. Promoters sold entire family doll racks that were used as targets at amusement parks. The development of amusement parks in permanent locations increased the popularity of the African dip game because it was hard to travel with the African dip dunk tank. Riverview Amusement Park in Chicago, Illinois was well known sorry, in Illinois, was well known for their popular African dip attraction, which was a staple there until the 1950s. All right. 20 seconds, Q. Anything? I ain't nothing. got nothing. Okay. Well, that was a lot to read. As a, as a, it's very heavy, but, you know, it's, we got we to do this. You know, I, I'm still optimistic. We're going to make it, everyone. I know this is a heavy show. Please, you know, keep the faith. We know what it is. We're not new to this. You know, uh, I've, I've lived this life for long enough to know what it is, but I also know myself and I know my people, black people, and, and I know us 
uh, allies of black people and, and Americans. I know that this is something that we can deal with, but we got to talk about it. We got to deal with it and we can't pretend like it's nothing. So um, with that said, we do appreciate you listening this and every week to Civic Cipher. Once again, I'm your host, Ramses Ja. I'm still working on it. <laughs> I'm joined by uh, Q Ward, who is uh, an incredible human being and, um, uh, of course, an emotional person with a beating heart. And uh, you're, you're well within your rights to feel what you feel. Hopefully, I'm, I'm strong enough this week and and we'll do it again next week. We got a long way to go, but we'll get there, Q. Um, be sure to check out the show. Uh, this and any previous episodes at the website, civiccypher.com to download anything that you may have missed. Um, follow us on social media at Civic Cipher. Of course, you can make a donation. Those donations do help the show grow and the show is growing. Once again, you can find that at Civic Cipher. Follow us on all social media at Civic Cipher. And until next week, y'all. <laughs> Got nothing for me? I'll say it. Till next week, y'all. Peace. Sidestepping the borders with press passes, we bring it to you as it happens. The streets love my.